goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome, my friends. It is indeed Wednesday edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour here on WABC. If you would like to be part of the program this afternoon, 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us. 800-848-9222. We, of course, welcome your calls. If you were listening, as I was, to Mayor Rudy, you know, Mayor Rudy is so right on so many things. And one of the things he talked about was the lack of investigation into the Clinton enterprises, including their uh, so-called foundation, their charity work, what they did in Haiti, which at the time had a lot of Haitians upset, the money that was taken out of Haiti during a national emergency down there. And none of it has ever been investigated, and I doubt whether it will. It will be up to future historians, if there are any, who care about history and the truth to actually dig deep into these things, totally ignored by the mainstream press in this country. Uh, today, the focus in a lot of the press energy, the mainstream press, is on the continued coverage of the downfall of Claudine Gay. According to CBS, CBS News. Harvard professor says Claudine Gay was brought down by a mob. The shortest tenure of a Harvard professor is over. After Claudine Gay stepped down, her resignation comes following a December filled with scrutiny over how she handled anti-Semitism and allegations of plagiarism. They go later on into the article to say that, and they're quoting a Harvard government professor, Ryan Enos, who says a lot of us, meaning those on Harvard's faculty, are concerned about the accusations of plagiarism, as we should be, but we didn't even get a chance to deliberate that. She was brought down by a mob. Well, there's been plenty of time to investigate the background of Miss Gay. How long does it take? There were 50 allegations that she had what Harvard calls duplicated other people's words. They could be an enterprising reporter, an enterprising professor, could go through all 50 in the course of two or three days and find out if there's anything there or not. And apparently there was enough there there that she had to resign. Fox took after a, um, yeah, I'm still struggling with a cold. Fox took after, after AP. Fox News Digital. Associated Press calls plagiarism a new conservative weapon. And they point out in this article that the AP 
And I went back and looked at the AP article in question, and they do. They talk about the way that conservatives, conservatives have weaponized plagiarism. Really? Plagiarism is plagiarism. When liberals make a plagiarism charge against someone, do we hear that? Oh, liberals have now weaponized plagiarism. No, it's the plagiarism that's important. If you're going to make the story of those who accuse instead of of the plagiarism itself, what does that say about you? And then you have this guy, Ibram X. Kendry, who has, according to news articles, squandered millions of dollars at his Center for Anti-Racist Research at Boston University. And he's pretty much saying that this whole effort to get Claudine Gay was racist, and other people have jumped on that bandwagon too. I am, I'm getting so sick of this, and I know you are too, many of you. If you have a black person, uh, as they like to call us in media circles, people of color, why can't you just be judged on your merits? If you are accused of plagiarism, and indeed it has been found that you have plagiarized, the issue is not your race. The issue is that you plagiarized. Now, so many news stories talk about her thin, her thin, thin academic record. Ms. Gay had never written a book. Many of the people that preceded her to become president of Harvard have a well-published authors in whatever field they come from. She's never written a book. She's only been published a handful of times. Now, apparently, that's important to the world of academics you know, how many times have you been published? What have you written? So she was elevated to this position with thin credentials by the standards that usually someone is elevated to this position. So then why isn't there a question mark? Why does a woman with thin credentials get elevated into the highest position? And then once she's there, she's accused of, even with that thin record, plagiarizing some of her thinness. And now it's racist to say that she should go because she was never, the truth is she was never qualified by their standards. If her academic record was thin and not thick, it means that it was a stretch. She got in because of something else. She, her academic record was thin. So what was the something else? Was she such a brilliant administrator that never mind a thin record, we have to get her because she's simply the best administrator? Nobody's making that argument. Did she bring something new and innovative to the table that no one else had thought of and therefore the thinness of her record didn't matter? No. 
not according to anything that was published, so then what was it? And if it is simply that she was a black woman at the right place at the right time and we need a black and we need somebody to prove that we're enlightened, well then, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles when you're tossed out and you happen to be a black woman with a thin record and you've committed plagiarism multiple times. I'm not going to feel sorry, and and I'm not celebrating her being thrown out. I've, I've said many times on this program, even when leftists are being removed from positions and all that, I don't take schadenfreude and people going through misery. You know, I'm sure Miss Gay right now is not having the best time of her life. I'm sure that she's probably feeling pretty low, and it's not my intent to try to kick her while she's low, it's not my intent to try to say disparaging things about her. I'm just talking about what's in the in the press. I don't take any joy that this woman's lost her job. She must feel humiliated. I don't feel good about the fact that she is probably going through a mental butt kick session with herself. Who who wants that? Who wants that for their own life? Who wants to be publicly humiliated and held up as an example of not being the best at something? Nobody wants that. I don't take any delight in this woman's predicament. And I wish her well. I wish that that whatever she does in the future, she does exceedingly well at it. And she has a good life. But nor does that negate the fact that we should be able to talk about things clearly and without fear. And just because she happens to be a black woman, if she was undeserving of the position in the first place by academic standards and her her equivocation in front of Congress on anti-Semitism was disgraceful, and she tried to walk it back with this woke language about my truth, my truth. And my truth is business that these liberals talk about, my truth. There is the truth. And the truth is anti-Semitism was allowed to rear its head at Harvard, and it was uncontained. And she was the head. And she didn't put any steps in place to stop it. The fact of the matter is, her record is her record when it comes to her thin academic achievements. You think those are thin? I have thinner academic achievements than she does. But then again, I'm not running for the president of Harvard either. So again, I don't take any joy in the fact that that that, that Miss Gay is out of a job. I hope apparently she's going to continue to teach at Harvard. And how humiliating is that? I was the president, now I'm demoted to just being another professor again. She's, this woman's got to be going through some kind of personal hell right now. I don't take any delight in that. But that doesn't mean we all have to sugarcoat the truth either. And we as a society, we don't learn. We don't learn. Case in point, there is another story today. I saw this and I couldn't believe what I was reading. Oh, and then America's small caffeinated mom sends me a story that pretty much, hey, buddy, 
there's other people echoing your Princess Diana that Michelle Obama's going to be the one in. She's, she's trying to stir it up with me because she knows that this is an area of contention between the Princess Diana and me because I say no way Michelle Obama's going to give up the good life and try to even attempt to become the next president. But there's an article in Daily BS, my own website. Peter Navarro is, is echoing now Princess Di. It's going to be Michelle Obama. Yeah, right. But then here's the story, and this is the story that caused me to shake my head and say, these people never, ever, never, ever, ever, never learn. They don't learn anything from anything that happens. Here is the headline, and this again at the Daily Bee yesterday. Disney places $67 billion Star Wars franchise in the hands of Pakistani feminists. A new Jedi Order. For the first time in Star Wars history, a woman will be directing an upcoming film project for the Disney-owned franchise. I'm sure Disney. Well, this is in the Star Wars. While two-time Oscar winner Sharmin Obey Chinoy seems like someone Star Wars fans may find professionally capable, touting her as the first woman and the first person of color to direct the Star Wars film may understandably not win some over. And that is an understatement. And this is what she said. Her name is uh, Obey Chinoy. And she told CNN, I'm very thrilled about the project because I feel what we're about to create is something very special. You haven't created it. How is it special? You don't know what it's going to be like if you haven't created it. What we're about to create is something special. We're in 2024 now. And it's about time we had a woman come forward to shape a story in a galaxy far, far away. Oh, great. That's what Star Wars has been missing ever since it got screwed up with Jar Jar. We've been missing a woman to come in and make the storylines great. And then they're going to go ahead with this character Rey, the Star Wars girl who manages to become the biggest Jedi Master with no training except for two little sessions with Luke. And then she becomes the greatest Jedi ever who never trained, who never did anything, but can move mountains with her (sighs) Just, just, just such bullshit. This is what we have to look forward to. I'm a woman. I'm a woman of color. And now I get to direct. Like Star Wars hasn't been screwed up enough already. Again. Look, I didn't hear anything about this woman's credentials other than she's black. She's a feminist and she's from Pakistan. She's a woman of color. I don't know. For all I know, maybe she's the greatest director since Suzu. But that's not what they're saying. 
They're saying woman of color. Do these people never learn anything? Oh, man. Birth birthday today, John Paul Jones. Bass, keyboards, producer, Led Zeppelin. Too bad he wasn't a woman of color. Imagine what Led Zeppelin could have become if they just had a woman of color leading it. Is on the air. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Rush on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is when they were trying to make the Bay City Rollers into the next big thing. 1976. This went to number one. And and thankfully, this was about it for the Bay City Rollers. Ay, 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 ay. Yeah. Ay, 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 ay. Rich is so happy right now we're playing this. Yeah, well. Hey, everybody gets a hit. So, I mean, I'm glad for the Bay City Rollers. They had theirs. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. Bye, Bay City Rollers. I remember they tried to mimic the Beatles. They did this big thing at the airport. They had all these paid-for girls at the airport, like, waiting, like, to, to go and do the whole screaming thing when the Bay City Rollers came off the plane. And for some reason, the whole thing fell apart. I don't remember the story, but it's like, it turned out, I guess somebody figured out that it was fake and it wasn't real. Was just a PR thing. So that last story, TJ sent me a um, TJ sent me the, a companion story to it. Let me see where this is in. This is in the world of real, and it was as this comes out today. Director of next Star Wars movie says her goal. Get this, her goal in Star Wars is to make men uncomfortable. That's the goal. Star Wars fans, they unearthed the clip, and this going viral. She says, I like to make men uncomfortable. I like to make men uncomfortable. I like to make men uncomfortable. I enjoy making men uncomfortable. It's only when you, you're uncomfortable and, and have to have a difficult conversation that you will Perhaps look at yourself in the mirror and not like the reflection. Now, again, I, I don't know whether this story is being fair to her and saying that that's her goal in this new Star Wars franchise, but that's her quote. And we are being told that this woman, that that's it. She's a, a woman of color. She's going to direct the next Star Wars movie. And she comes out and says it's about time women, which which ignores the fact that George Lucas's wife edited the original Star Wars. Women have already played major roles in developing 
the Star Wars franchise. But they don't exist. Only this woman does. This new woman of color, feminist woman, and that's what's being put before us. It's about time a woman shaped Star Wars. Who was Princess Leia? What if there's been no woman? Padme. Anyway, I don't want to get off, and I'm, I'm going to continue this over the weekend, but this is to me just distressing. Here we go again. These people learn nothing. And by the way, this whole superhero fantasy alternate universe world is starting to bomb out at the box office. People are getting tired of the same old formulas and the same old stupidity and the wokeness that are, that's being introduced into these fantasy. They get enough wokeness in real life. They don't want it in fantasy. So another, so now here we go. Disney promises to give us more. Not like they haven't destroyed a lot of the Star Wars franchise already. Here's even more. For those of you that actually pay like I do, because I'm still a Star Wars idiot, so I still pay to see stuff like Obi-Wan and, and Boba Fett and the Mandalorian. I still pay. Disney Plus, but I think I'm about ready to, I'm, I'm, I think I've had it with this business. If they can't do any better than this, finding somebody whose stated ob- objective it is to make men uncomfortable, someone who says it's about time women take over the whole Star Wars story thing, if this is what they want to do with their franchise, that's fine with me. But maybe it's just about time I just, you know, Whatever. Let them have that whole world. I can read other things. I can watch other things. I'm just tired of this wokeness everywhere. 800-848-WABC. And coming on the heels of this Harvard professor, Harvard president, who's been booted out because she was never up to the job anyway, apparently. When will these people learn that it's not about your skin color? It's not about your gender. It's not about anything but your excellence. And if you're not bringing excellence to the table, then why are you there? Again, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-WABC. There is a woman that is a true superhero that's out here in my view. I want to talk a little bit about her when we get back and also talk with you, your phone calls. And there's other news out here. 800-848-WABC. Oh, man. I know who this is. Love the one you with. Stephen Stills, born today. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. You know who does a good cover of this? Luther Vandross does a great cover of this one. The, the Isleys did a great cover of this, too. 
Birthday today, Stephen Stills, born in 1945, on WABC. brings us back birthday today I don't know how to pronounce his last name because he's French it could be Bengalche or Bengalta but anyway he's the uh, the electronic musician with Dav Punk his birthday is today Thomas French last name birthday today Daft Punk you gotta admit, they really do rock. I want to get to the telephones very quickly, so we will do that. By the way, there's a story today. Let me just go through. I said I'm going to talk about a true superhero when we get back. Let me talk about her very briefly. There is a Kentucky woman. She is a nurse. I don't know whether you've heard about her or not. She's a nurse. Her name is Lucinda Mullins. She went in the hospital for a kidney stone, which is a fairly common routine. She's in the hospital with a kidney stone. She wakes up from her surgery. And she's told that she has suffered through a bout of sepsis infection. And as a result, she went into the hospital with an infected kidney stone. As a result of the infection that she got following her surgery, she wakes up to the news that both of her legs and both of her arms have to be amputated. Imagine you, you're in her situation. You go in the hospital, you have a kidney stone. She's 41 years old. She wakes up. Doctors tell her, we had to save your life. We have, to, we have to take off both your arms and both your legs. Now, there are a lot of people that wouldn't be smiling, that would be, oh, my God, just let me go under. Why would you wake me up? Why, 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 God, do I have to go through this? Instead, this Kentucky woman, she happens to be very beautiful, by the way, and she's now a quadruple amputee. She says, and this is what she said, this is what she told the press when she was questioned about losing both of her arms and both of her legs. 
She said, these are the cards I've been dealt, and these are the hands I'm going to play. She said, the doctor I used to work with, he was kind of like, this is what they had to do to save your life. This is what happened. And she's wearing, and she said, this. She said, I'm just so happy to be alive. I get to see my kids. I get to see my family. I get to have time with my husband. She said, losing her legs and her arms, she said, those are minor things at this point. Now, they're raising money for her on GoFundMe so that she can have prosthetics and adaptive equipment. And she said this, too. She said, slow down. Slow down. Appreciate the things around you, especially your family, she says. Slow down. It's okay to let people take care of you. Slow down. I'm just so happy to be alive. I get to see my kids. I get to see my family. I get to have time with my husband. Losing my arms, losing my legs, those are minor things at this point. Uh, the pictures of her, she's in a hospital. Uh, she's in the hospital. One has a picture of her wearing a Jesus T-shirt in her hospital bed with no arms, no legs. There's another picture of her with one of her kids helping to feed her. In most of the pictures that have been taken, she's got a great big smile on her face. Now, you talk about a superhero, a real superhero. This woman is, again, I don't know how I would react. I, I can imagine that there are many people who think, if I had to lose all of my limbs, why bother to wake me up? Let me just go to the next life right now. But this woman... This woman. And then she went to her first day of therapy. Her sister said she had a great first day of therapy. She's so excited. She did so well. Keep the prayers coming. And then she was grinning and chatting with the hospital staff who was tending to her. There are real superheroes out here. And this woman happens to be one of them. Her name again, Lucinda Cindy Mullins, a nurse. And I will tell you this, some of the most optimistic people that I have met and some of the most people deeply rooted in their spiritual life and understanding life are nurses who deal with life and death on a daily basis. And this woman is exceptional, Lucinda Cindy Mullins. You wake up from what you think is a minor kidney stone operation, and you're told that's the end of life as you knew it. know it. Your arms and your legs are gone. We had to do it to save your life. Wow. Let's head to the telephones. Let's go to uh, Russ first. Russ, 
How are you? Welcome to Boston Early's Rush Hour. How are you doing? I'm fine, James, and that's why I'm a Christian scientist. But, you know, I'd like to say something as a Trump voter. You know, I think Trump has been the subject of bad faith attacks and pretexts. And I think Trump and Claudine Gay have a lot in common because this plagiarism stuff is a pretext. They're attacking her because she didn't say what she was supposed to say. And in Congress, she should have lied. She should have said, oh, yeah, of course, we're anyone who says death to Jews, we're going to have them arrested. That's all she had to say. But she tried to be honest. And now we're getting the end of academic freedom because these people want to put up a pretext to go after her. And this guy, Bill Ackman, he likes Chris Christie and Nikki Haley. You know, you hear Trump say anything about Claudine Gay because, you know what, both of them could say, hey, they're out to get me. I'd just like to thank you for letting me say that, James. Okay, but now let me just take issue yeah. with you on a few things. As I said to you earlier, look, I don't take any delight that this woman has lost her job, and she gave it up. But Harvard's own um, uh, documents that they send out to students tell them that there are very serious consequences to plagiarism. And what she did, in at least some of the examples that I read, crossed the line from what Harvard said that they would accept from their own students. And admittedly, as I as I said to you earlier, people say that her academic record was thin. Well, I guess that doesn't matter. She was still appointed. But do you think, do you think that there is at least the possibility that she was not the best person for the job in the first place? That's not my job to decide. She wasn't, uh, she didn't give it up. She was forced out. And James, I look at this as a, Corporate reorganization, Harvard Corporation reorganized. This woman had four of those doxing trucks parked outside her house. Were we going to give her secret service like Donald Trump? No. She was done the same way. And people who are being duped to think that this woman is any different than Donald Trump should reflect. She's being forced out on a pretext. She didn't go along with what she was supposed to do. And if we're going to let billionaires pick our physics professors, we might as well just give up on education altogether. That's what I say. That's what I say. And you know what? If these Harvard students come back and they refuse to go to class and they force them to take her back, I'd be prouder than them of ever, than ever. So Let me ask you I... another question. Do, do you think that um, the anti-Semitism that was on display from not just some of the students but some of the uh, some of the professors at Harvard should have been tolerated? Do you think that that was in the bounds of acceptable speech? Did you say that, that there were students harassed by this speech and that th students were threatened? Because the harassment of Claudine Gay by putting four doxing trucks in front of her house is a lot worse harassment and threats to her than anything I've heard about by any Jewish student. I'm Jewish. What happened at Cooper Union was a issue. They walked out the back door. Nobody was trapped. Hey, listen, James, I don't know the truth, but I can tell when I'm being told lies. And the Israeli occupation force is telling us lies all the time. Don't believe the blood libels they're telling you. And now they're going to shut me down as an anti-Semite. Thanks a lot, James. I appreciate it. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. I have disagreements with you on some of the things you're saying. But look, I appreciate the fact that you call here and you're willing to speak your mind on it. And that's what this is about, and I'm, and I'm going to be open to people with different point of views. I always am. I don't agree with some of the things that you're saying necessarily. I don't think she's like Trump, but I appreciate the fact that you are that your thoughts are yours, and that and you have, by the way, expressed them very well. So thank you for the call, Russ. I appreciate it. 
Uh, Dave in the Bronx, you're on WABC Talk Radio 77, Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. How are you, Dave? Hi, Bo. How are you? Yeah, you're 79 years old, Stephen Sills, today. Uh, 1945. You're absolutely right. Um, the woman, the she plagiarized the work of this woman who Janine Pirro had on. She's a distinguished professor, well-written. There was, I think the thing was about a black... African-American women in Congress. There was a whole thing that this woman wrote, a distinguished lawyer from Vanderbilt. And if they really wanted to do something and they're looking for someone, there's nothing wrong, we're looking for somebody, whatever, who happens to be a woman, an African, why don't they offer that job to her? Because she's the one, after all of this came out, to complain again about what she had done. Big time. Somebody I wonder if you're talking about Dr. Carol Swain. I wonder if you're talking about Dr. Swain, who apparently, I think there was something I read about Dr. Swain being perhaps plagiarized and something, but I don't, I'm not sure. But look, okay, look, I appreciate the call. Appreciate that. Thank you. And look, to me again, the facts should be, should speak for themselves. If she plagiarized, and there were over 50 allegations, what's the truth? Did she plagiarize or didn't? It's hard to say. Harvard said, well, you know, the the first accusations, they weren't intentional. Mistakes were made. Well, stop hiding behind the language. Did she plagiarize or didn't she? If she did, then according to Harvard's own style manual, if you want to call it that, or their own instructions to students, about how serious plagiarism is, according to Harvard's own standards, she shouldn't be there. And it's really that simple. Did she do it or not? This shouldn't even be open to a debate. What are the facts? Did she do it? Did she not? WABC, time for us to check in with Lou Dobbs. Oh, yeah. Diego, who's this? This is Robert John, who turns uh, birthday today, uh, 1946, American singer-songwriter, best known for his 1979 U.S. number one hit single, Sad Eyes. He also had a number three hit with a cover version of the Tokens hit, The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Yeah, baby, remember this one, Sad Eyes. Robert John takes us in on WABC, Sad Eyes. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. The year 1987. On this day, the Queen of Soul, Miss Aretha Franklin, becomes the first woman inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She didn't make the ceremony. Keith Richards, Clive Davis, and Aretha's brother Cecil inducted her and read her speech, which gave tribute to the fact that it was a historical moment. 
But on this day again in 1987, the first woman inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the one, the only, the legend, Aretha Franklin. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. And let's go to Bobby in Suffolk. Bobby, what is on your mind this afternoon? Hi, James. Probably nine out of ten of these buses that are taking migrants to New York City come from Biden, not sent by Abbott. He's being blamed for all of them. When it's Biden who is having these buses loaded up in Mexico and the Mayorkas has ordered Border Patrol to wave them in. And also well, from the airports like Westchester and Stewart. The buses you know, this, Bobby, great point, Bobby. Let me just say this to you. The funding for this movement of human trafficking has yet to be explained for the American people. Also, the other organizations besides the Biden administration that are involved, there are religious organizations involved. The United Nations has been accused of being involved in the funding of this mass migration movement. So, Bobby, you are on to something deep, and it is not Governor Abbott that is responsible for this at all. Love the call. Thank you. Let's go to Ina in Manhattan. Ina, you're up next on WABC Rapid Phones. Hello, Happy New Year. Yeah, I'm I'm debating on on the professor from the university. I don't think she should be let go untreated like that because she didn't cause this on herself. They have problems. It's not right for them to be treating the Jewish kids like that or anybody else. They should come to a a, a, a meeting between the kids and whosoever do the kids like that, they should suspend it for a couple weeks or so and have a debate, you know, how to operate and how to talk and how to treat each other. Because this this thing becoming from Israel, we have nothing to do with, with, with the war over there. The world has well, nothing we, to well, do with I, the war. Okay, a few things. Yes, we do. We have plenty to do with the war over there. In fact, Part of the reason that um, we have something to do is that there is the real war that's going on behind the scenes just with Iran. And I'm going to keep pointing that uh, fact out. By the way, in Iran today, 103 people were killed, at least 103, when a blast a, uh, it, it hit a ceremony honoring their slain general, Qasim Soleimani. And so it's not clear who was responsible for this attack. But it's just ironic that the world's leading sponsor of state terrorism has apparently been hit by a terrorist attack honoring one of their terrorists. So there's more to come on this one. And I want to, uh, I will address your call. You know, I'm going to invite you to call us back when we have more time to talk about this because we are very much involved with what happens there. Let us go though in the meantime to Bob. Bob in New Jersey, make it quick. Time's running out, please. Yeah, a, a quick question. By the way, Bill Ackman has a fantastic Twitter if you want to read that concerning gay. Really, really good. Um, why why is it taking the 
Supreme Court so long to rule on this ballot issue? Why is that? Because they're not an on-demand service center. The Supreme Court hasn't even acknowledged whether they're going to take the case yet or whether they're going to urge the people to go through the appeals process. Supreme Court just doesn't say, okay, there's a case, we'll take it. They deliberate. They decide. Mike, in the Bronx, you've got a few seconds. Uh, the Marvel and DC comic books were infiltrated by this feminist woke stuff. And if you look at the movies, you got Captain Marvel, which is a female, more powerful than Thor. And if you look at Thor, they made him into a wimp. Boom. Steven, very quickly. Thank you very much for sharing that story of the woman uh, in New Jersey. Um, hello? Yes, we're listening. I'm sorry. Thank you. And, uh, you know, with the amputee woman and uh, her faith, um, when you were telling that story, I, I could tell right away she has a very strong faith. And That's right. We have to go on that note. She is a woman of faith. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your families, your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. God willing, we are back tomorrow for the Thursday edition of Boston Early's Rush Hour. Until then, bye.